Welcome to On Demand. I believe in having the word of God in your hand when you want to. It's just so cool. The digital age gives us power to have our sermons when we want them. And maybe that's why you're with me today, because you have a word you want to hear. Well, I've got one for you. We're studying miracles today, and this is part three in the study, and you don't want to miss it because I'm talking about how God took a man whose life was stuck in one place for almost four decades, and he couldn't find a way to be free. But a moment came, and I want to show you how that miraculous moment can change your life. I believe in miraculous impact. Something can happen that can take you from here to there in a pace at a pace and in a way you never expected. So stay right there. I will come back at the end and pray for you. Make sure you tell a friend, this is going to be so good. It'll help you stay there. But I want to share with you today uh, a, a story that I've always found to be exciting. It's a story about a guy who wanted to be made well. He's been going through a problem for 38 years, struggling through things, didn't really know what to do, give, had tried everything and nothing worked. Have you been there before where nothing has changed? You're just stuck in a place and you're not sure what can happen. But here's what I believe. I believe in miracles that can change everything. I believe that you, can, you have a miraculous potential that can be surprising to you. There are many of you that have watched your life evolve and you're amazed that God was able to get you from here to there. But in this story, I want to show you exactly how it happens. And I want to begin with a few questions. You know, I love questions. So here we go. Three, four or five questions for I want you to think about. First of all, I want you to think about what is your long-term hindrance? What is the thing that you wanted for a long time, but you couldn't get it? In this guy's story, you're going to see it. What is your, what is your excuse? This is a guy who had a lot of excuses. A lot of things he said were uh, reasons why, and, and some of you have those too. You know, we all do. I couldn't do it because my daddy wasn't there. I couldn't do it because of this. I couldn't do it because of that. Thirdly, I want to talk about what do you need to do it? What do you need to do it? What do you need to get over the hump? Okay, you've been saying what you can't do, what hindered you, but what can you do to finally go and do it? I do, I will say this. I have a series coming down the pike here in a few months called Do It, and it's about this whole idea of not just talking, but actually doing. Not today, though. Number four, who is hindering you? Who is hindering your advancement? Now, in this story, you're going to see him blame people. Not just my fault. It's because of my cousin. You know, all of, some of us have those reasons. You know, who? You have a name? Okay. Don't say it out loud, but you got a name. Okay. Number five, ready? What specific, watch, the sin throws you your life off? So for some of you, you say, okay, uh, you know, it's not a person, but it's a behavior. It's a sin. It's a habit. There's a verse in Hebrews we'll talk about that says that. There is a sin, a, and a habit, a thing that comes up in your life and it just throws you over. Some of you is drugs. Some of you is find, trying to find a man. Finding a man, the find a man hunt has hurt you over and over again. And you haven't found yourself. And so you spend your life running after guys, running after sex, running after, I did say sex, you heard me say sex, right? Running after this, running after that. And your whole life is so consumed with those pursuits, business, money, that you've forgotten you. And it always throws you off. So we'll come to that and talk about that in the sermon. Those are the five, five questions that I want you to ponder in this sermon. Because that, those are things that if you look at them, you might find some answers to help you go forward. So let me start with the journey. This is the journey, what I call the journey of a lame man. And it starts in, in John chapter 5, verse 1. Listen to St. John chapter 5, verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus uh, went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which, is, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered 
colonnades. Here's a, here's a great number, uh, here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid there for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, and learned that he had been in that, this condition for a long time, he asked this amazing question. And I want you to look at me when I say this to you. Jesus looked at this guy and he said, do you want to be made well? Now, I'm going to tell you, if you've been someplace for 38 years and, and someone asks you that, you might want to go, really? Is that a question? Is this a trick question? Why do you think I'm out of here? In that moment, there's this incredible <laughs> comment, question, inquiry that leaves you speechless. Do you want to be made well? Well, of course, this was a place where a whole bunch of guys, if you look around, right, they're all looking for a miracle. They're all looking for something to change. They're, they're tired of being where they are. That's why they drag themselves out here. Family members dragging him out here, leaving him out here every day, hoping that today would be the day. Now, some of you have waited for things a long time, but a lot of you have not waited 38 years. <laughs> That's long. It's amazing. So watch with me um, this incredible exchange. And I call this the journey of a, of a lame man, and I want to describe this journey. So the first thing I want you to see, he had a long-term issue, 38 years. And he's paralyzed. So that means he's got a crew of people who are picking him up and carrying him here every day. He's got a probably family members, somebody close to him that brought him to his dream every day. And for every, every day, for 38 years, he's sitting there thinking about this dream. And I love numbers. Let me see what, how long that is. That is a long time. Think about it. See, 38 times 12, right? Right? That's months, right? That means for 456 months, this guy is sitting there. Wow. So think about how long that is in weeks. Wow, right? So that's 52 weeks a year times 38 years, right? So you're doing that and you're going 1,976 weeks. But that's not all. 365 days, assuming he didn't do it on the Sabbath day. So we're going to take 365 minus 12, because you know Jews weren't going to come out there on Sabbath day. That comes to 353. 353 times 38 years, that's 13,414 days potentially that this guy came and sat waiting for a miracle. 13,414 days. Wow. You can say with me that's a long time because it is. It's amazing. It's astonishing. So he's sitting there and he's waiting and then Jesus comes to him and asks this incredible question, do you want to be made well? <laughs> astonishing. But that's where it all starts. Long-term issue, I want you to see. Watch what he says to Jesus in response. He starts with excuses. Now, he, so he had these excuse issues in verse 7. Sir, uh, the, um, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. 
while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So there was the assumption that if the water stirred up and he jumped in right when the waters moved, that somehow there'd be a miracle. That wasn't true, by the way. They were waiting in vain because that wasn't how healing worked, but they thought it did. You ever did something that you thought would work a long time and it didn't work, right? Okay, that's where he is. All these days, 17,000, 13,414 days. 13,414 days. He went through this. Okay, so watch what happens. I, I, I guess you would think Jesus would go, well, wow, man, that's, you know, okay, that's reasonable. I mean, hey, it's not your fault. You know, maybe, maybe somebody got in your way. Maybe, 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 you know, okay, that's why you're not better. But that wasn't the question. The question wasn't who hindered you. The question is, do you want to be? So watch, watch again the dialogue here <laughs> that exposes two challenges. Jesus said to him in response to his question or his statement, he didn't go back and try to correct him. He didn't try to fix it. He simply said to him, get up. Then he said, secondly, pick up your mat and walk. Now you almost could think this is a moment where you would, the guy would say to Jesus, did you not hear what I said? Okay, the healing's in the water, Jesus. You know, if I could just understand, this is where, this is how, this is the way my healing is going to happen. That's what he could have said, right? So, but Jesus comes and says, basically by (laughs) implication here, the water is not where it's at. Your healing is not going to come that way. It's coming this way. You listen to this new way. We get stuck in a way. Ooh. Wow. We get stuck in a way, we get stuck in a way, and you can't see another way. You know so-and-so is going to be your husband. You know that. So no matter what, you just ignore everything else. But you just no matter what, this is the job. This is the place. This is the house I got to have. This is, you got your, he- your healing, your miracle, all wrapped up in a nice, neat package. And Jesus says, uh, I'm not going to even answer your question. I'm not going to even talk about what you think didn't work right. I don't want to hear the history of your failures. I want you simply to get up and pick up your mat. And then I want you to do this, walk. Okay, this is getting weirder by the moment because you'd almost go, did you not hear what I'm saying? You know I'm paralyzed, right? I can't walk. He could have continued down the road of excuses like we do, right? Well, I tried, you know, I tried, I tried, I tried, but it didn't work. I went back to school. I didn't do well. I'm not, a, I'm not a college person. You have all these things you say, and somehow you'd use those things to justify why you're where you are. But if you want to know your true miraculous potential, you got to look beyond all that. I had no clue I could do this. I had no clue I'd have the options in my life I now have. I had no clue. I'd had no clue, but I kept trying. And that's what Jesus told him. Get up, pick up, and carry your mat. Verse 9, here's where you see something. At once, the man was cured. He picked up the mat and walked. He just tried. He took Jesus at his word and he tried. Here's what, here's, here's what I can promise you. You will never see the miraculous potential in your life if you don't try. Hey, look, if you couldn't walk, you couldn't walk. If you did that and didn't get up, hey, Jesus, I tried. But no, this is the guy who heard the word and he got up and he did it. There's something about taking action. 
that opens up doors for you. Watch this now. At once the man was cured, picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place, uh-oh, was the Sabbath. Which goes back to my math. Wow. Okay, so if that's right, let me go back and do my math over. This guy was even coming on the Sabbath. So, do the math right, 365 days a year times 39 years, the dude was there 14,235 days. He even went on the Sabbath and sat there. 14,235 days. But notice, on the 2,235th day, Jesus showed up. Man, man. He didn't come on the 14,234th day, but on the 14,235th day, Jesus shows up. <laughs> you trying to add in even when he was an infant? Well, maybe they, maybe you don't know. Get to heaven, we'll look it up. They said 39 years. I don't know. He could have been older than 39. He could have gotten, he could have got paralyzed in an accident. I don't know. I don't, I don't know his age. I don't know. He just had been there for 239 years. 39 years, rather. Bottom line is, here's a guy who gets up, tries it, walks, and everything changes. So the Jews, verse 10, of, <laughs> said, this is amazing. When the Jews saw the man who had been healed, it is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat on the Sabbath. You ever seen people just say amazing things to you and you go, did you not notice that I'm the guy that couldn't walk for years, right? You noticed me for 38 years. You know, have you noticed me, guys? Have you noticed me? I've been sitting here for all these years and now you see me walking and you know it's a miracle, but you, you're caught up in the small details, right? You're missing the moment. We do that all the time, right? Missing the moment. Now, at the end of this, watch what happens. <laughs> Verse 11. All of a sudden, he's going to face a hindrance. All of a sudden, these guys are turning against him because he's healed now. All of a sudden, because he's no longer dependent upon them and no longer admiring them because he's now at the same eye level as them, you know, they're bothered now. So now they're going to pick on him. Instead of celebrating with him and saying, who did this and how did it happen? They're, they're now angry because they're, they're, they're caught up in the small details. <laughs> the whole issue of the Sabbath is something that Jesus dealt a lot with. And he basically said, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. If you want to read some more reading, just read John 4, Romans 14, where you choose what day you Sabbath. And the whole idea of the Sabbath was not just doing nothing. It was about just stopping and changing the pace of your life. God worked for six days. On the seventh day, he changed his activities. He didn't just go sleep. God doesn't sleep, right? The whole idea of Sabbath is bringing balance in your life so there's not a seven-day-a-week, do-it-one-thing, ride-the-road of difficulty and challenge. It's about pausing. It's not about, it's not about going to church either, by the way, just so you know that, because if you think the Sabbath, Saturday or Sunday, whichever you prefer, and it is truly Saturday, that is the technical Sabbath, just for those of you who want me to be technical here. Whether you, but they started worshiping on Sunday, the New Testament church, to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. That's why Sunday came into play. But whichever one you choose, for those of us who are preachers and for those of us who work, we work on Sundays. We work on Sabbath. 
I watch guys preach the Sabbath and they work on the Sabbath. They do two or three services on the Sabbath and they're dead dog tired afterward. And you think you rested on the Sabbath? Are you not a Sabbath keeper because you're working and all the ushers are working and all the people who come to church are working? It's not, the, the purpose of the Sabbath is not so much about you going to a place of worship as much as it is about you having balance in your life. Sabbath was made for the man, not man for the Sabbath, Jesus said. But that's another teaching, and I'm just going to press past that. But notice with me, verse 11, the man, is, he tries to answer the guys who are criticizing him now because he's carrying his mat on the Sabbath. The man who made it me well, they said, he, he replied, the man who made me well, pick up, said, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up the mat? This is amazing. Verse, verse 13, the man who, who was healed had no idea who it was. <laughs> Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. So Jesus walks up to this guy. Doesn't, the guy doesn't know Jesus' name. has no clue who he is. And Jesus speaks his word. The guy gets up. He's healed. And then Jesus disappears, right? The guy didn't even know his name. Now, you know, some of us would have introduced ourselves. I'm, I'm Rabbi Jesus, you know, and I want you to know I'm here to get you well. Everybody, get ready. I'm finna do a miracle. I'll, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the modern reverend way. Just announce everything. Let everybody know you're here because you're anointed. And, you know, in today's world, a preacher would start a healing ministry because he, you know, want everybody to know. I'm not against healing ministries. I'm not against people praying for the sick. Don't get nervous. I'm simply saying, Notice it wasn't about anything but the guy. I want to say this, and I want to just throw this out as a freebie. You know, one of the things that surprises me, we begin, if we're not careful as pastors, to pastor crowds and not individuals. This is an individual who was, who was lame. Jesus' sole goal was to make this guy better. It wasn't about building a church, building a reputation, building a ministry, getting big followers, none of that, collecting money. It wasn't about any of that. It was about making the guy well. We've got to be careful that we don't start pastoring crowds, you know, in the crowd, not individual people. That's just a free, free thought. So here this guy is, and he's doing his best. Verse 14, later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who'd made him well. Now, this is an interesting moment because Jesus goes up to the guy and says to a guy who was lame for 38 years to stop sinning. And he's offering this guy a new opportunity to change. Now, there are a couple of things I'm just wondering about. I'm trying to say, you 30, you've been lame for 30 years. What kind of sins could you be doing? You know, I'm just trying to think about, okay, so what was the issue in this guy's life? Obviously, this was a guy who wasn't, watch this now, he wasn't perfect and God still healed him. He didn't, he wasn't, you know, he was going to the temple to get healed, but he wasn't, he was struggling. You can be facing a disability and still have all kinds of issues in your life. So Jesus looks at him and he makes this profound statement. You need to stop sinning. At least something worse will come upon you. Now you can say, you know, you can read that a couple of ways, right? You can read it this way. You better do, right, from now on, a God's going to smack you with something, boy. 
I want you to hear that. And that's what you, you can read it that way. Or you can read it this way. You know, um, if, you, if, you, if you're not careful, you'll get yourself in another situation that could make your life even worse. I don't know if this was a guy who was lame. This was in any way tied to anything. I don't know. All I do know is that Jesus said, stop saying there's a verse in the Bible. Hebrews 12. It's, I just think it'd be good to just read to you real quick. And, and it's really important. He said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin, the sin that so easily ensnares us. I want to stop there. I want you, I want you to, to, to identify the thing, and then I want you to say, I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna deal with that. And I wanna pause in my life and think about what I've done and what keeps throwing me off again. And here's a question. Have you allowed something in your life to stop you from being healed and throw, thrown you off, and somehow you're in this place where you are entangled over and over again? Are you, are you in that place? And I mean, this is a guy, I love, the, I love the way Jesus privately pastors him and says, now I want you to walk straight now. God gave you another chance. I don't know whether, I don't know anything about how he got to where he was. I don't know if it was an accident or something he was doing he shouldn't have been doing. I don't know anything. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know his family, parents. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is Jesus looked at him and said, I need you to walk straight. I want you to leave this story with five lessons, okay? Five key lessons that I think are important. Number one, some challenges can last for many years. I wish it were not true that you could you had to deal with certain things for a long time, but but in the but it's right here, 38 years. Number two, excuses can be our hiding place that block our potential. Sometimes it, this was a moment where you saw this guy break out, get up and do what Jesus said, and he ended up walking, but he didn't hide behind excuses. He, taught, he mentioned the excuses, but when Jesus told him to rise up and walk, he got up. For some of you, you need to let go of the excuses. Number three, there, there comes a day when we must get up by faith and try something new. Our churches, new schedule, new approach, the digital approach, the in-person approach, mixing and matching it, special events, pop-up events, it's all different. And that's because there, there are times when you need to rise up and do something different. You get stuck in one way of mar being married, one way of relating, one way of dealing with your kids, one way, one city, one place, don't want to go anywhere, don't want to move, new opportunities, but you're afraid to try. So you miss out. Number four, I hope you learned that to accept that some people will never celebrate your miraculous potential. Some people will never celebrate you, your potential. Some people will never celebrate it. And you can't allow that to control you. Number five, you must take advantage of a chance to start over again and stop self-sabotaging yourself. Sometimes the hardest thing to admit is I did this. We do this a number of ways. We do this sometimes by not acting when we should, and then we do this by what I call throwing rocks behind us. So imagine with me, please, there's a Ricky, that's me, right? Ricky prior to now. Ricky prior to now, just imagine another Ricky behind me. That Ricky worked really hard to get to where this Ricky is. But if I'm not careful, I'll spend a lot of days saying, 
you know, that Ricky should have done this, and that Ricky should have done that, and that Ricky back there should have saved more money, and that Ricky should have, should have. And so you spend a lot of time throwing rocks behind you. I see this in corporations. I see this when you have transitions and pastors. I see it when parents grow older, kids. People throw rocks behind them, and they always complain about the past. I decided to stop that. You're self-sabotaging. Sometimes you're sabotaging, not just because you want to act. You're sabotaging because you're spending all your life condemning where you are now. What you have, the you back there did it. Got you to what you have. It may not be what you want. And maybe you back there messed up some, but stop throwing rocks back there. Guilt and condemnation will not fix you. Woulda, coulda, shoulda is not going to change the thing. Go forward, will. Going forward will change your life. So next time, I'm going to talk about something else, the miraculous impact of using what you have. If you want to read ahead of me, you can read it, and you'll see John chapter 1. I want to talk about that. Sometimes in life, you need to use what you have. Taking what you have makes a huge change in your life. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you let this be a moment of great healing and blessing for your people. I pray the Holy Spirit would bring life and vitality and strength. That there would be a moment of mighty power and victorious living that would happen as we go forward. I pray that the Holy Spirit would heal hearts today. There were people are struggling, trying to find their way. That the Holy Spirit would bring great victory to them they would get away from being afraid and intimidated. They trust you. And so, God, I thank you for us having in our hands some things that you gave us. And may we learn that we must use what we have. We give you the praise and glory for what we have, not what we think we need, but what we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being with me today. I pray that what we've talked about has helped you. And I pray that you would think about your life, think about your walk with God. And I pray that you would say, God, I'm not going to have any more excuses. I'm going to just give you my life and trust you. I'm going to get up and rise up and walk, knowing that you're with me. For some of you, that means starting a life with Christ, giving Christ an opportunity in your life. You may not be a Bible person or a church person. You may have been disappointed in religious people forever. People like me, preachers may have let you down, but that's still not God. God is still faithful. We're, we're a work in process, but God is still faithful. So forgive us for how we failed you. For some of you, this is important. And trust God for what he can do in your life. You have miraculous potential. Father, I pray for those today who need to give their lives to you. May this be a moment of healing and restoration for them. And we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with me today. I pray God continues to bless you. If this message blessed you, link it, send it to a friend. May God bless you. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. What a story. What an amazing story. How do you live that way for 38 years? How do you suffer through that? And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and says, hey, do you want to be made well? Do you want something to happen in your life that you never planned? Do you want this to happen? And this guy starts telling all the excuses, all the things that couldn't work. And people got in front of me and all this. You heard about this in the sermon. And today, I hope you think, man, you know, I need to stop being that way. No excuses. No more reasons why not. Why not believe I can? What a miracle story. Let me pray for you. Father, let this be a moment of faith and belief. Let there rise in them a confidence that you can transform their lives. And we give you all the glory and all the honor for what you can do. We believe in the miraculous impact of your presence in our lives and how you can bring people, 
uh, forces together, resources together to help us get to where we need to be. This guy needed a boost. He needed someone with faith. And so I pray for them that someone with faith would rise in their life. They would hear a message, a word, read a book. Something would happen to, to launch them to a new place. Maybe this is the sermon that did it in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. Thanks for joining me today. I'll see you next time. Got more to talk about next time. You don't want to miss it. We're taking a journey, people, talking about the miracles of Jesus and showing how those miracles can impact your life. See you next time. Bye-bye.